the season might be over, but we still have lots to talk about, especially with how the Blue Jacket season went. So today we're going to be talking goalies, goalies, and more goalies with the help of some handy dandy stats graphs that a friend of the show and a listener put together. So uh, that is what's coming up today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster. Glad to be here with you. Even though we are not talking about playoff hockey like many of the other Locked On shows, I still think we can have some fun right here, especially because, as I mentioned at the top of the show, today we are talking all about goalies. So uh, before we get into all of that, I want to thank everyone for making this your First listen of the day, Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also on YouTube. So uh, I do recommend, if you are not watching this episode, then heading on over to YouTube and watching it because we are going to be having some visual aids with uh, today's episode. I've got some handy graphs and charts and whatnot. Uh, they look a little bit scary, but it's okay. I am going to talk everybody through them. And uh if you're not subscribed over on YouTube, then uh, please go and hit that button because I appreciate it. And I appreciate you for stopping on by. So uh, let's let's get right into it and uh, talk a little bit about some kind of some context for the goalie thought that I've had this season. Because I feel like basically for Elvis's entire time as a Blue Jacket, there's been a lot of talk about the Blue Jackets play differently in front of Elvis, that they do, in front of Corpusalo. And I feel like even way back when it was Bobrovsky and McElhaney, I feel like there was a very, a very kind of overt feeling about how the fans thought that the team played. And there was a very different, and I'm guilty of this as well, I thought there was a very different vibe between how Bobrovsky played or how the team played in front of Bobrovsky, rather, versus how the team played in front of McElhaney, and then in front of Corposalo, and then obviously with the departure of Bobrovsky, the introduction of Moslikins, that really only seemed to get more pronounced among the fan base, especially as, you know, the, they started off with, yeah, we're going to have a 50-50, we're going to have a, a 1A, 1B tandem, and then obviously Elvis started performing better, ended up getting a bigger extension and then ended up getting that long-term extension, which basically kind of put the writing on the wall for Corpusalo. Without wanting to get into into too much detail, obviously the goaltending pipeline in Columbus has changed dramatically over the last year. So I don't think it's as clear to me personally whether Corpusalo is going to be a Blue Jacket by... Honestly, maybe by the draft. Uh, he might get shift. He might get moved in free agency, or I don't know what's going on. But the point is, there has been this persistent rumor across all of Blue Jackets fandom, and all of the. I think the media has been kind of not not complicit, but I think they tend to buy into this kind of thing as well. Of Elvis's numbers are better because the team plays better in front of him. And I don't know where this rumour started, and I don't know why this rumour started, 
but that seems to be kind of what I see a lot of, well, Elvis isn't the better goalie, he just gets better defense in front of him, and so this is something that has kind of been really interesting to me as I have kind of dipped my toe into the advanced stats world. I know just enough to make me dangerous. Um, you know, I've had a couple of stats people on the show. Uh, you know, we've talked to Alison Lucan uh, now with the Seattle Kraken about kind of the importance of stats versus the eye test and how to make stats accessible. We've talked a lot about uh, specifically the Blue Jacket stats and some concerning areas and some not so concerning areas with Micah McCurdy earlier this season. But this is something that I have kind of been wanting to look at but have lacked the... Um, the tools and the ability and also frankly the time so now that the season is done uh i was talking to a friend who i believe listens to the show so shout out to ria who uh, put these charts together uh and she has done a really good job in kind of taking a look at this blue jacket season looking at how the team has performed in front of their goalies and how the goalies have performed as well and kind of how Basically, are, are we? Is it confirmation bias that the Blue Jackets play better in front of Elvis than they do in front of Corpusalo? And kind of unpacking, unpacking that a little bit, and also kind of just looking at some typical defensive trends for the team this season because we went from you know two years ago, I think the Blue Jackets very quietly had one of the best defensive groups in the league, um, you know, with the the top four of. Zavad, Gavrikov, Wierenski, and Jones, and then, you know, when your third pairing is Nunavara and Ryan Murray, who, in you know, were both very young and very promising at the time, obviously no longer with the team, and uh, Ryan Murray especially, I think, has struggled this season to stay in the lineup with, um, I believe it was the Avalanche now, you know, and that's, that tells you something if I'm like, I'm not sure where Ryan Murray is, but they've gone from having a, a quite good, quite experienced blue line to having, you know, that's been the Joe Cole season, it's Zach Wierenski and some children. Um, and obviously with Zach Wierenski being in and out of the lineup, that veteran role has kind of fallen by default to Zach, to Vladislav Gavrikov, who has, I think, 202 NHL games. And that's that makes him the veteran. Um, you know, and uh, this is not an episode about defensemen, so I'm not going to get too deeply into that. But I believe the same friend and listener of the show, Rhea, looked into kind of the average... NHL games of the Blue Jackets defense core with Gavrikov, with Gavrikov and Wierenski, and without either of them. And it drops to like, I think the average without Gavrikov and Wierenski in the lineup, I think drops to like, I don't know, an average of like 70 something games, um, which is bananas, honestly. Um, so. I think that's a big, and you can't like look at the goaltending without looking at the defense because they are kind of two very symbiotic relationships. But this episode, which uh, we'll we'll start looking at the graphs in in the next segment because I have accidentally talked for too long about some context here, but that's fine. Um, basically, I wanted to take a a to, to kind of sum everything up that I've just said. I wanted to take a look at how this team has performed overall defensively throughout the season and how they have performed versus um or while they're playing specific goalies so i wanted to look at how the team does uh 
with Corpusalo in there versus with Elvis in there. And also because, you know, Jeff Brube had a handful of games in there. Um, Daniil Tarasov also had like two and a half games. So we're going to look at that. However, you know, small sample size, etc. But I do think Tarasov, especially, I think there is a really promising, uh, there's, there's a very promising beginning there. So um, as we're going to look at in a minute, is we're going to look at some kind of some broader team strokes of goals Goals allowed against, uh, goals for, things like that. Uh, so that's what we're going to look at in a minute. But first, I've got to tell you all about Rock Auto Cars. With an increasing number of makes and models of cars, it's basically impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Uh, why would you ensure pointless or intimidated questioning? Wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer. Choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry, you've got to leave your car there, or you've got to take it home, and then take it back in, and then pay for the labour, and then go back and get it. Like, it's a whole shenanigan. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, so why don't you just stay on the couch? You can save time and money when using rockauto.com. They are a family business. They've been serving DIYers and professionals for over 20 years, and it doesn't matter who you are, their prices are always reliably low, and... They have everything that you could need from brake parts to tail amps, motor oil, uh, even things like new carpet. If you can put it on or in your car or truck, rockauto.com almost definitely sells it. So go to the easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. You can write locked on in there, how did you hear about us box, so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, right below prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so here's where the show is going to get a little crunchy but i promise stick with me it's not nearly as complicated as i will make it sound uh, so we're gonna we're gonna start off with um just like i said before the before the break some more like general um general trends for the team so we're going to look at uh their course of four percentage and their expected goals for percentage and this is only at five on five so this is not taking into account the power play or the penalty kill, which is good because both of them were garbage this season. However, the bad news is uh, they were not great at five on five either. So uh, let's let's pull up my first uh, my first little. Okay, so you'll see here the the red lines are Corsi four percentage. I assume you all know what Corsi is, but if you do not, there is no shame. We are a uh, no-judgment zone here. Corsi is basically every puck that goes in the direction of the goal. So Corsi is uh, all shots on goal, uh, blocked shots, and shots that miss the goal. So shot attempts, basically, is is what Corsi is. Uh, and you want your Corsi 4 percentage to be over 50%, ideally much over 50%, um, because otherwise it's just, basically you're getting beaten on possession. It's a slightly more crunchy way of saying shots on goal. If you're getting out corsied, then it's, chances are you're being outshot as well. Uh, expected goals for percentage is basically the percentage of goals that you are expected to score. And I don't know enough about stats to really kind of get into the nitty gritty of the, what exactly that means and how it's calculated. But once again, if you are expected to score a lot of goals, then your goal expected goals for percentage will be high. A team that is very, very offensively gifted will have a very high 
Corsi 4 percentage and also a very high expected goals 4 percentage. So if you are kind of looking at this graph, what you will immediately see is, well, almost all of these dots are below that 50% line and a significant number of these are um, the expected goals for does not match the Corsi 4 percentage. So uh, in, in some examples, it's very kind of clear that the Blue, the Blue Jackets have been outpossessed in a solid, I would say, 60 to 70% of the games, which is not a great start. So even before we look at the defense, clearly the Blue Jackets are doing something wrong offensively, and a lot of teams, if they are struggling defensively, that they could combat that by basically outscoring the opponent. Uh, we've kind of seen that with Florida this season. Obviously, the Florida Panthers have been very, very good. Bobrovsky has been very good. However, the Florida Panthers have essentially outscored every opponent that they've had to. And the Blue Jackets just haven't been able to do that. And so that's kind of what this first graph shows. And that is the first kind of... The first little bit of context that I will give you for this. Uh, the second little bit of context is uh, we're going to look at goals, expected goals for. Okay, so the, the graph that I'm showing you right now is kind of a continuation of the last one, but this one looks at expected goals for versus expected goals against. And, you know, just like expected goals for, expected goals against is basically how many goals are you expected to allow in a game. Um, and once again, it will not surprise you that the Blue Jackets were expected to allow a ton of goals. The one thing I will say about this chart is that it is inverted, so the lower, the better for the red line, which is the expected goals against. You want to allow less goals. You want to get close to the zero on the bottom of the chart. For the blue line, the expected goals for, you want to be higher. You want to be up towards that five. Uh, you will notice there are many, many games. Uh, let's see. There are at least five games where the Blue Jackets were expected to allow over four goals per game, which is not great. Um and then something else to kind of look at this is these dotted lines in the middle, where you'll see that the dotted blue line, that is kind of the the averaging out of the expected goals for over the season, basically stays the same. So the Blue Jackets offense did not change. It was inconsistent, you can see, because the line kind of does this and goes up and down and up and down and up and down. But <clears throat> the overall average basically stays where it is at just under two goals per game is how many goals they were expected to score, which is not how you win a lot of games, frankly, um, especially when your average goals against the average is about a quarter of a goal higher at the beginning of the season. So they already kind of started on a downward trend and then it finishes almost half a, go half a goal expected higher. So by the end of the season, the average was the Blue Jackets were basically to to you know call a spade a spade they were scoring on average per game two goals they were allowing on average two and a half goals now again i'm not super up on the stats but that is not great and so all of this kind of combines together uh stop sharing that all of these stats kind of combine together to basically give some context for the blue jackets were 
a very, 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 very bad possession team this season. That's not even getting into the goaltending, which, you know, we talked a little bit on Monday about, well, you know, the the Elvis was not as good as a lot of people thought he was going to be. I don't think he was as good as he thought he was going to be. And then, you know, it came out at the end of the season. Well, obviously, he's dealing with all of this, you know, trauma and grief and etc. You know, not to, like, etc. away trauma and grief, because they're both incredibly important things. And obviously, they have affected him very deeply, as they should. But without even getting into the goalie individual performances, like, these metrics are looking at how good this team is. And the Blue Jackets this season just were not a very good team. And when they were a good team, it wasn't consistent. It wasn't sustainable. It was, you know, randomly allowing nine goals in one game and then doing, like, beating a team 6 nothing two days later. You know, that was kind of the story of the Blue Jackets season, was it was big, big highs, big, big lows. In a minute, we're going to get finally into kind of the goaltending specific part of the episode. I know that I said this was going to be a goalie episode. I am getting there, I promise. But first, I've got to tell you about Built Bar because summer is coming and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. I myself, I'm going to be doing a charity hike in the summer and you better believe I will be filling my backpack with Built Bars. They are super portable. They are delicious. They are nutritious. You don't have to sacrifice taste for health. With Built Bar, you can have both. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. All Built Bars and their Built Puffs, which are a protein-infused marshmallow, which, I mean, a protein-infused marshmallow honestly sounds incredible. Like, I'm all about that. You can pick any flavor you want, or you can get a mixed box, which is, you know, just you get, like, 12 random flavors. You can pick your favorite and then go from there. But here's the best bit. If you go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, you can get 15% off your order. Once again, that's built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. That's what I will be doing, and hopefully that's what you will be doing as well. And uh, honestly, maybe the defense on the Blue Jackets would have been better if they had some built bars. Seems unlikely because, as previously mentioned, the defense was made up entirely of children. So we're going to talk a little bit now about um, specifically goalies. So I will pull up my third handy-dandy chart of the episode, which is going to be this one. And what this one will show you is um, each color is a different goalie, and we're looking at the minute at goals saved above expected across all situations. As you can see, again, this is definitely one of those uh, games or charts where you look at it and you're like, oh god, oh god, I don't understand everything. So uh, we'll break it down. Red games are Elvis. Blue games are Kupsalo. The green games, the little of them that there are, is Tarasov. And the purple games are Barube. You can see, again, uh, there are a couple of instances where, for example, the last game of the season, you'll see where both Barube and Elvis played because uh, Barube got pulled, like, seven minutes in. Um, so, and again, what you'll see is inconsistency is the word of the day, word of this episode. Um Elvis had, specifically Elvis, I think, was um, more inconsistent than Corpusalo, because unfortunately, you can see Corpusalo was consistently 
not very good. Um, you know, you can see there's a lot of very bad games in Club Salo's uh, season. Elvis had some very bad games. He also had some pretty good games. Uh, what I like to see, though, what is pretty encouraging is from about uh, the... It's kind of hard to tell here, but like the the last kind of quarter of the season, I would say, when they started saying, uh, well, we're going to play Elvis for basically every game because Corpus Allo is getting shut down for hip surgery. So after the uh, the overtime loss to the Wild, uh, where Elvis did not play, well, he played fine. Uh, his goal saved above uh, expected was minus 0.73, which means he allowed almost three quarters of a goal more than expected, which is not, you know, the end of the world. Um, from there, he was, I thought, pretty exceptional. Um, he had a couple of, of rough games, the uh, the game versus the Isles. He allowed two goals more than expected. Uh, the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, the first one near the end of the season, he allowed, again, about one and a half goals more than expected. But then you look at... Um, you look at, for example, the Kings game, which the Blue Jackets lost 2-1. to one. Elvis saved almost three goals more than he was expected to save. So, you know, that's, that's the kind of game where you look at a game and go, right, okay, well, clearly the goalie did everything he could here and uh, just couldn't, couldn't get it done, or the, the skaters couldn't get it done, I should say. Um, so the other, th- the other thing... I want to focus. Well, okay, just to kind of summarize that a little bit, um, the the again the name of the game inconsistency. The Blue Jackets were inconsistent this season. So were the goaltenders, um, and there are some games where you can see that the goaltenders kind of let the skaters down, uh, and then there are games where the skaters let the goaltenders down. You know, um, it's a uh, it's a rough world out there to be a goalie. Um, but something else that I wanted to kind of focus in on as well is, again, very small sample. Um, Daniel Tarasov, who I believe came in in relief in his first game, played basically no minutes, played extremely well uh, for his second two games, uh, allowed half a goal less on average than he was expected to did not get a win um and then obviously that third game that was the uh the hurricanes disaster where the blue jackets were up for nothing and then allowed seven goals after ranta left with an injury and then tarasov left with an injury and it all just kind of fell apart but i think the the context there is that the future is looking pretty bright for tarasov obviously being shut down with hip surgery not great but hopefully he can come back and show the Blue Jackets and show the fans and show me uh, that, yeah, he can be a very good NHL goalie because I think he has it in him, especially when you look at his stats here compared to his stats in the NHL, which were not great this season. And again, I want to say, obviously, very small size, sam- very small size sample, but there is definitely some promise there, I think. Um, and so that is kind of to say, man, the the Blue Jackets goalie is just again inconsistency. I don't know how I don't really have another word to say. 
about it. Um, but I do want to go basically immediately onto the next slide, which kind of talks a little slide. This is not a PowerPoint presentation. What am I doing? Um, the next graph here, which kind of talks about are the skaters letting the players down? Are the skaters letting the goalies down or are the goalies letting the skaters down? And again, this is kind of a chaotic graph that it's tough to figure out, but to kind of sum it up for you, the answer is uh, no, everyone was kind of incompetent this season. And I also think it's important to note that if you follow specifically the red and blue, which again is uh, red is Elvis, blue is Corpusalo, there's a lot of zigzagging up and down, up and down. Um, and I don't think, you know, there's not, there is not a clear path of, well, the Blue Jackets played much better defensively in front of Elvis, and that's why his numbers were better, because they didn't. Um, that's just not that's just not how the season went. And I think I can see why people would think that, but it's just simply it is simply not true. Um so that's just kind of a, a brief ending to kind of debunk the Yunus Corpsalo is getting shafted by this team rumors. He shafted himself this season, uh, which is maybe unfair to say because again, the Blue Jackets were universally very bad in their own zone, but I don't think it's fair to say that Elvis was only good because the team helped and Corpusala was bad because the team didn't help because obviously it's just not the case. Um, I am going to finish with just one final graph because um, I think it, again, just kind of really sums up Blue Jackets season. So this is a graph that shows how they played against every other team. Uh, you can see that it's got the logos of the team and then the score next to it. Um, the Blue Jackets spent a lot of time in the uh, dull portion and the bad portion. Uh, they had a surprising number of uh, above-average competent games. Uh, they did not have a lot of fun games, which is upsetting because that's kind of what I was hoping to go into this season was uh, I wanted no fun. Um, which I think is, is not to say that the Blue Jackets did not have a fun season, because I've really enjoyed this season. And, you know, we talked again on Monday about how a lot of the Blue Jackets and their media availabilities were like, this is the most fun I've ever had playing hockey. I love this room. I love this team. I love this city. But in terms of, like, quote-unquote fun on the ice, fun in this event, in this, in this context, kind of means high event. So if lots of goals were being scored on both sides, then that's fun. That, data speaking personally i like it when there are no goals scored by either team but that's that's a me thing maybe that's a goalie thing i don't know um however i think this again just really kind of show serves to show that the blue jackets again super super inconsistent they do kind of cluster together a little bit on that league average axis between dull and competent but mostly they kind of are all over the shop. And uh, thus ends my sermon on uh, how the Blue Jackets are not throwing Corpus Atlo to the Wolves. And also a little bit of a sermon on how the Blue Jackets are doing in terms of, <coughs> in terms of goaltending. And that's kind of all I've got for you today. Uh, hopefully that wasn't too crunchy. Um, Please let me know if it was, and I will do better next time. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Jackets. 
nope, that's the podcast Twitter, but you can also find me there. You can find me at the handle down below if you're watching on YouTube, which again, I hope you are because lots of visual aids in this, lots of screen sharing. And honestly, I don't think this podcast will be very good in its audio format. So do with that what you will. Thank you once again for making this your first listen or your first watch or your second watch or your third listen, wherever, whenever you are listening to this, watching this, I appreciate you. Thanks for stopping on by. We'll be back tomorrow and uh, we're going to do a little bit more talk about the season as a whole. I think we're going to give out some, uh, we're going to give out some superlatives. So MVP, Unsung Hero, uh, my totally unbiased favorite player, you know, like best newcomer. We'll do a bunch of things like that. It'll be fun. Uh, we'll get you guys to vote on them over on Twitter. And uh, so that's going to be tomorrow's episode. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at lockdownbluejackets at gmail.com. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.